Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. You know, one of, one of the things that we want to do is our heart is outreach. And we, we want to reach the kids in our church, but then we want to reach these other kids too. And, and God never, never fails to move. And just like Kurt said, I'm so thankful for y'all. Last week, we started talking about 2020 vision. And we found out that a vision, first off, is a dream. Okay, it's a dream of something you want to happen in your life. Okay, the other thing it is, is something you see. Now, not with your physical eyes, but with the eyes of your heart. The Bible says in Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things not seen. See, if you have a dream of what you want your life to look like, and you see it with the eyes on the inside, and then it comes to pass, then it's no longer a dream, amen? And so God wants you to have a vision. God wants you to have dreams for your life. The other thing it means is it means to conceive, all right? Now, we all know what the word conceive means, but it's God placing something on the inside of you, a dream, a vision, uh, an idea, something that you'd like to see happen in your life. You know, my father died when I was 18, well, my mother emotionally was so devastated, she really never recovered. You know, one day she's a 42-year-old mother. The next day she's a widow with two teenage sons. And she never really recovered. So in a lot of ways, not only did my father die, but my family died. They didn't die physically, but in a lot of ways they died emotionally. So one of my dreams was to have a family. When Vicky and I got married... We both worked minimum wage jobs, and I know that's a lot of your stories in here. And our dream was to be financially stable. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I had a lot of health problems and health issues, and one of my dreams was to be healthy, all right? It doesn't matter what you want to come to pass in your life, whatever that is that hasn't happened yet, it's a dream, it's a vision it's something conceived in your life. Now, what have we found out? Well, Proverbs 29 says, without a vision, you perish. All right? Without a vision, my people perish. Now, what does that mean? That means if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a goal, if you don't have something stirring on the inside of you, well, then you don't end up going anywhere. All right, another translation says, without a vision, my people lose their way. Another way it says it is they cast off restraint. Now, what does it mean to cast off restraint? It means we all pull in a different direction. Think about in your family. If everybody wants something different, we're all pulling in different directions. There's no restraint. There's no goal. There's no pulling together. Then what happens? Well, we don't end up doing anything. We found out in Psalms 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Listen, 
Unity always brings God. Listen, you, yourself, as an individual, if I'll get in agreement with God for my life, he'll show up. As a family, if you'll get in agreement with God, he'll show up. As a church, if we all pull together the same direction, you know what happens? God will show up. God hates disunity, but he loves unity. Now, one other verse in the Old Testament is out of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk says to do what? To get a vision, get a dream, let something be conceived on the inside of you. Then do what? Write it down, make it plain, and run with it. Write it down, make it plain, and run with it. I have mine on the visor of my pickup, and I look at it regularly. And I've done just what a lot of you have done. I've written it down, I've made it plain, and I run with it. Listen to this statement. Big dreams, big life. Little dreams, little life. No dreams, no life. Listen, one idea from God can change and transform your life. Let me say it again. One idea from God can transform your life. In 1999, God gave me a dream, and that dream was called Ground Zero. All right? I had a vision, a dream in my heart of what I wanted youth ministry to look like. And up to that point, that was not going on in this area, the way I saw it. There was youth ministry going on, but it wasn't the way God placed it in my heart. And so in 1999, that vision, that dream, that thing God conceived on the inside of me, we birthed it together, and it's called Ground Zero. And we've been doing it since 1999, and up to now, we've done it for 20 years. In 19, amen, praise God, thank you. In 1993, we took six men to men's retreat. Three-fourths of those men still attend this church. One of them's Carol Gerber sitting right there on the second row. You remember 1993, brother? I don't, but yeah, man. Amen. 1993, six of us went to men's retreat. <clears throat> this, two weeks ago, we took 43 men. The largest group we've ever, amen, amen. <clears throat> Listen, I never get tired of watching God change men's lives. And it happens at men's retreat. I never get tired of going to youth camp and watching God change teenagers' lives. This past Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, right here in this room, we did refresh. And I got to watch with my own eyes God change teenagers' lives. I never get tired of that, and I know you don't either. Now, here's something very interesting that I found. The first year, we took six guys. Two weeks ago, we took 43. That is a seven-fold return, okay? Now, here's what's interesting. The word seven in the Bible means completion, divine perfection, and restoration. <clears throat> Let me tell you again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get a drink. The number seven means completion. 
It means divine perfection or perfect. What did God do? Well, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested because it was complete and it was perfect. I don't believe it's an accident that we took sevenfold men all those years later than we did the very first time. It also means restoration. Now, this is so good. All right, I want to show you something. Proverbs 6.30. Let me read it to you. Proverbs 6.30 says, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet, when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. Oh, notice that, sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Now, this is a very simple example of somebody stealing. We know that. But what did Jesus say about the devil in John 10? He said he's a thief. He said the devil comes to kill to steal, and to destroy. Excuse me. Now, here's what I know. There's not a person in this room that hasn't had something stolen by the devil. Okay? My dad was stolen when I was 18 years old. He died. Then my mother didn't do good, and my family was stolen. And I can go on and on and on of things in my life. Every single one of you in here have had the enemy steal something from you. Here's the good news. God said that he has to return it sevenfold. When a thief steals something, when the devil steals something, he has to return it back to you seven times. Now, let me read to you out of Jeremiah 30. Listen to what this says. God is speaking. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, no one seeks her. He's talking about Israel, but he's also talking to you and I. Listen to this. It says, God wants to restore you. Whatever you've lost, whatever's been stolen from you, whatever you've been been through in your life, listen to what it says. God says, number one, I want to restore your health. Man, I don't know about you, but there's a time in my life I needed that and I wanted it and I still want it. All right. I will restore health to you and I'll heal your wounds. Listen, if you've had the devil take anything in your life, one of the things it produces is wounds. Now, don't miss this. God is a restorer. God is in the business of restoration. I would bet everybody in this room has regrets. Okay, we've got wounds and we've got regrets. We have things we've done. We have things we're not proud of. We can look back in our life and see where things have been lost, things have been stolen, things have been crushed. Listen, God says, God says, I'm going to give it back to you seven times better. I'm going to restore what you lost. I'm going to restore the consequences of those bad decisions. I'm going to restore what you look back and grieve over, what you're wounded over. I'm going to give it back to you seven times better. Now, I know. Pastor, how? How? Okay, you know, I could sit right up here and say to you, how's God going to give my dad back? I haven't seen my dad in 45 years. Let that sink in. I haven't seen my dad in 45 years. Now, one of the things I know is the Bible says that all things are going to be restored. 
The Bible says so. My relationship with my dad will be given back to me in the kingdom for all of eternity. So it's going to be restored in the next life. But also, God wants to do things in your life. I mean, he's not going to supernaturally bring my, my dad back from the grave. But God will do things in your life and restore things that at the time looked impossible. Now, don't miss this. He's a restorer. Now, I want to read to you out of Psalms 51, verse 12. But before I do, <clears throat> let me set it up. David was a king of Israel. And he was about 50 years old, and his men went to war. Well, they were powerful, and they had conquered a lot of land. And so he decided to stay home, that he didn't need to go because it wasn't that big of a deal. They were going to win anyway, so, hey, I'm just going to hang out. Well, one afternoon, he's looking out the window, and he looks over at the neighbor's house, and the neighbor lady is taking a bath on the roof. Now, it wouldn't be like you taking a bath on the roof where you're afraid you're going to fall off on the shingles and fall off and hurt yourself. It was flat, right? It was like a living area. And it was their custom to bathe on the roof because if it was up high, it was private. Does that make sense to you? See, people walking along the street couldn't see. But the palace was taller than the houses so he could see. Well, he gets himself in trouble and he goes over and commits adultery with one of the soldier's wives, one of his closest friends and confidants, and then he gets in trouble. Through that process, he repents and he prays a prayer to God. Let me read you a sentence from that prayer. Psalms 51, 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. What did David pray? God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, can I just stop right here for a second? I don't want you to lose your way. What are we talking about? We're talking about dreams and visions and things you want to see happen in your life. And things have been stolen from you. And God is in the business of restoring what's been stolen. One of the things that's been stolen in your life is your joy. Do you remember when you were young? And maybe you weren't young. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. Do you remember when you first received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you remember how excited you were? Do you remember how it stirred something in you and it changed something in you and you wanted to tell others about it? But then as you went through your daily life and it was a long, and it, you know, you were a Christian for a while, that joy begins to wane and then you just kind of begin to go through the motions and you kind of lose that. Everybody's experienced that. Okay, you know what David said? God, would you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Give me that back. Give me back that joy that was lost and that was stolen. And God said, I'll do what? I'll restore it. Now, I want to read you another verse. Nehemiah 8.10. You won't know the first part of this verse, but you'll know the last part. Listen to what it says. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, now don't miss it, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me tell you something. Joy is not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion, but joy is not an emotion. Joy is a spiritual strength that comes from God, and it will strengthen you, and it will refresh you. 
Now, what did David say? Hey, God, would you restore unto me the joy of my salvation? Then in Nehemiah, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, God has placed on the inside of you a joy, and it's supernatural, it's spiritual, and God wants to use it to refresh you and to strengthen you. Many of you in this room are weary. You're weary spiritually, and God wants to restore, and God wants to refresh, and one of the ways he's going to do it is with his joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Now, don't lose me. What are we talking about? We're talking about how God wants to strengthen you. He wants to refresh you, and he wants to fulfill your dreams. Now, what did we find out about the number seven? It means completion, and it means perfection. Now, I looked, up, I looked something else up, and I thought this was crazy, so I got to tell you about it. We're leaving 2019. What, what have we got left? October, November, December, about 90 days, and it's going to be 2020. Okay, not only are we leaving a year, we're leaving a decade, right? Okay, do you know what 19 means? It means the closing of a season. The closing of a season. Isn't that crazy? So not only are we leaving a year, we're leaving a 10-year decade, a season. And that's what 19 means. It means the closing of a season. Now, I told you last week, and let me remind you, the number 20 in the Bible means completeness, and it means birthing. Now, let me explain it to you. Right here is where I want to get up and preach. I want to get up and yell. But I'm not. I'm going to stay in my seat for my voice. Amen? <laughs> we all know when a woman gets pregnant, she carries a baby for nine months. And during that nine months, it can be not always fun. It can be painful. It can be nauseating. You know, the baby grows on the inside of her. Her back hurts. Now, I'm not, I haven't experienced it. I'm just talking, okay? I'm talking about what I've heard, okay? All right? The big boys told me about it, okay? So I hadn't been there. But, but you know what I'm talking about. And that, that, that growth process, that incubation, if you will, is a nine-month process. Then we know there's the birth. And the birth is not fun. The birth is painful. And even the best birth, you know, there's struggle, there's pushing, there's pressure, there's pain, but then there's the baby. And when that beautiful baby girl or that beautiful baby boy is born, all the pain, all the suffering, all the hurt is gone, and it doesn't matter anymore. Now, don't miss this. Why does this matter, Pastor? Here's why it matters. Because 19 means the closing of a birthing season. Now, don't, don't, ah, this is so good. The last 10 years, God has been incubating something in your heart. Many of you have suffered. Many of you have had heartache. Many of you have had hurt. And many of you have had pain. And here's what God is saying. God is saying, I'm closing out that time in your life and I'm going to bring something to pass in your life like a baby. What you've been dreaming for. What you've put away. What you thought couldn't happen. Let me tell you something. Many years ago, I drove down past the Six Engaged Church Christ. You know, right down the street where Power Kids is. And I drove by there and I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, as clear as day, Power Kids is going to be here. Power Kids is going to be here. 
I heard it clear as day. Now, Power Kids was right across the street over here where uh, Miss Vicky's office is, and it was right over there, and we used to always joke. We'd pack that thing with kids, and it smelled like sweat and pickle juice. That, that's what it smelled like in there, man. There was Jesus, sweat, and pickle juice, right? You know, kids play ball outside, and they run, and they chase each other, and when they come inside, they're hot, and they sweaty, and they stink, right? If you ever want to smell something, come to Ground Zero and smell the junior high boys. Holy Jesus, right? They need deodorant, amen? Well, God said, hey, uh, Power Kids is going to be down here. But he left out one little detail. He didn't tell me it was going to be seven years. I carried that in my heart for seven years. And I would have good days and I would have bad days. I would have good days and I would have bad days. I would talk to somebody about that building and they'd say, ha, 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 you're never going to get that building. And I wouldn't have a good day. Then I'd talk to somebody else. Hey, well, man, we're going to move power kids down there. Do you know the guy that has that church? You'll never get it away from him. I'd have a bad day. Seven years. Listen, some of you are carrying things on the inside of you, and you've carried them for seven years, for 10 years, for 15 years, and for 20 years. Some of you've given up on the dream God gave you, and you put it away. Now, I know this is a strong word, but you've almost aborted it and got rid of it. But listen, you know what God says? God says, I'm not done. Listen to what it says in Psalms 30, verse 5. Don't miss this. It says, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night. What does a woman do when she has a baby? Well, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Amen, right? You know, you go in there, men, and you hold your wife's hand till about the last 30 minutes, and then she looks at you and says, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right? Yeah, weeping and gnashing of teeth. But joy comes in the morning. Don't miss this. Joy comes in the morning. What's a vision? A vision is conceiving something on the inside of you that God wants to bring to pass in your life. As we move out of 2019 and we move into 2020, God is going to begin to bring some things to pass in your life that you've been praying for, you've been hoping for, you've been trusting God for, you've even given up on. Now, I'm not going to ask you to show your hand, but I know there's some of you in here and you've given up on some dreams. You've given up on them. And God is going to resurrect those dreams. And he's going to restore in you what the enemy has tried to steal. And he's going to do it sevenfold. Amen? Amen. All right, bow your, your head and close your eyes. Let me pray for you this morning. Father God, I want to thank you for dreams and visions. I want to thank you for things that you've conceived in our hearts. And that, Father God, you move in our lives. Father, I thank you for restoration, for healing, for wholeness, and that we get back seven times what we've lost. Father God, I'm thankful that you're at work in our lives and our families, and that, Lord, as we leave this place this morning, your grace is on us. Father God, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said?